the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us. And Aubrey, we got a, a friend of ours in studio in with studio. us today. Uh, we used to always do a lot of in-studio stuff, but after COVID and everyone got really good at Zoom and yes. everything that it kind of went. So it's always fun to have somebody here. And uh, he is our friend Carl Johnson. We call him KJ from the C.S. Lewis Institute. KJ, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's we always good to have you. I never liked that Zoom stuff. I always prefer no. in person. It's always better in person. The energy's Absolutely. better. It's more fun. But you kind of forgot, I feel like, during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You, we all yeah. Got lazy. Out of practice. Out yeah. of practice. So... All right, KJ, for people who don't remember or just need a refresher, tell us about the C.S. Lewis Institute. What do you do there, and what is the Institute all about? Okay, real easy. Um, We were started in the 1970s by two men, one of whom knew C.S. Lewis. Mm. And he set out on a mission, as he said, not to make more fans of Lewis, but to make more people like Lewis. Mm. So we are a discipleship ministry, and I know a lot of people have a hard time reconciling, wait, how do you get from Lewis to to discipleship? discipleship. (laughs) Yeah, because usually they think uh, Narnia and fiction or apologetics. and. Those are all great, too. But what we want to do is build people up in Christ so that they have the mind and heart of Christ. So our, our motto is discipleship of heart and mind. And we do it all in the legacy of Lewis. So sometimes we do stuff with Lewis. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we're going to give you an opportunity in a minute to find out more about the C.S. Lewis Institute and how you can apply because they're going to be taking applications here very soon. But before we do that... Um, KJ, the C.S. Lewis Institute put out this discipleship of heart and mind spiritual checkup at the end of the year, kind of to start the beginning of the year that I thought was so beautiful. And I don't know the best way for you to talk about, but I want you maybe to tell us what it is, Mm -hmm. and then we'll walk through some of these spiritual checkup questions that you ask. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you it caught your eye. Um, I would love to claim credit for it, but I didn't create it. <laughs> Actually, my mentor, who's the president emeritus, crafted this. But he's one of these guys that understands um, discipleship more deeply than I think just about anybody I know. Mm. And he's seen a need in the church today for authentic discipleship and the tools to do that. I think, you know, we have a lot of resources and we're awash in information, but sometimes what we need is a a, a tool that will help us sort of diagnose things. Cause I, you know, I can keep telling people things or we can do classes, you know, I can listen to another Tim Keller mm-hmm. podcast, yeah. or pick your favorite, yeah. you know, insert celebrity pastor here. Right. Um, and uh, I can get saturated, but it's questions mm. that will sort of prick at the heart a little bit and get us thinking. And so this is just, it's called an annual spiritual checkup. And the idea is every year, we go through one exa- we go through one sort of checkup or audit of another. We do a financial yeah. audit. Yeah. Uh, tax is always fun, right? We <laughs> yeah. go to the doctor, uh, and now I'm more north of fifty. Those doctor visits get more and more interesting. <laughs> um, I take my car in to get a checkup, yes. yeah. and so how many of us actually stop to do a spiritual inventory to see yeah. where we are at? Mm-hmm. And and we do. It's the beginning of the year, right? So we have a time to do New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. What better time to to take a look at something like this. So it's just a series of questions to see and gauge where you are. And it's not meant to be, you know, uh, I always think of 
if you go to a, a theme park and you've got those 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 height restrictions and you have to be this tall to, yep. to get on a ride, we're not trying to measure people in that mm. way. It's, it's a self-assessment. Yeah. So it's not meant to use to judge other people. It's meant to be turned in on yourself. Great. Yeah. What would you say to the person who doesn't like doing stuff like this because they end up feeling guilty? They end up just going, <laughs> oh, good question. Oh, I'm not, do- I'm not doing this enough. I'm not doing this enough. Because I know that's how a lot of us are wired. Yeah, well... There's a little bit of the ostrich complex in that, right? Mm-hmm. I want to just bury my head in the sand. Mm. And uh, I do think we live in a day and age where many times we just want to turn away from problems. So I would say don't look at this from a – if you're going to feel guilty, you may be approaching this from a legalistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not what um, – that's not what we want to get. This is just to test us so, so we can see those areas where we grow. I like to use um, physical metaphors quite a, quite a bit. Like, you know, if you're training for a marathon, I mean, it's very – Pauline yeah. kind of language, isn't it? Yeah. And so in this case, what muscle groups mm. in my spiritual life are weaker than others? I might be really good in one area, but where am I weak? And so I just got to work out that muscle group. And I, I will only know if I test it. Okay. So I, I love that metaphor. And I, I want you, if you don't mind, KJ, to, to tell us or ask us, I guess, some of the questions that you're encouraging people to ask in those different categories of training what are some questions we can ask ourselves to just evaluate where are we spiritually? And then secondly, and I may ask you again, mm-hmm. um, where can people find this entire uh, checklist? Okay. Well, let's go with the questions first. Um, here's a, a, a very practical one that shouldn't really be too guilt in, invoking <laughs> yeah. because uh, we all live in seasons of life. But I, I like this one as am I actively serving God in some way? Mm. And so examples are, am I volunteering at church? Uh, Am I praying regularly for the pastor, staff, missionaries, or volunteers? Uh, And am I seeking to make others feel welcome in my church? So Mm -hmm. you don't have to be on an actual committee and in in a formal volunteer role, but there's so many ways that you can serve. And uh, I mean, you guys know this, pastors need prayer. Yes. Yes. So how are we doing in serving God and others in some way? That's great. I I love number three here that says, am I growing in my desire and actions to give sacrificially to God's work in the church and other ministries? Uh, talk to us about the importance of desire in that, because a lot of us will, will grow in actual action, uh, but it's a begrudging. It's a, mm-hmm. oh, I got to do this. Talk mm-hmm. about the importance of when it comes, especially to giving of my time and my treasure, uh, the importance of that desire. Yeah, well, where you know your heart is, there lies your treasure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, your desires will help locate, I think, where you are at Um uh, both emotionally and spiritually and even psychologically. So if your desires aren't matching up with these sorts of things on this checklist, it's a good time to go, that's an area that I need to work on and try to submit and surrender. And there's another, I think there's another question here we talk about, am I surrendering the Holy Spirit? Mm. These are some areas where we want to submit. And if we bristle against that, you know, so like right now, I'm, I've, I've taken on my New Year's challenges. I'm trying to read through the Bible in 90 days. Mm. Whoa. Wow, that's, that's ambitious. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm doing okay so far. Okay. Oh, nice. um, well I done. caught up this morning. I was a little behind but I caught back up. But uh, I'm really struck in the Pentateuch about how uh, God repeatedly is reminding the Israelites about the desires of their heart and not to stray. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that language ever stuck out to me as much as it has when I'm doing such a quick reading and Mm -hmm. seeing it all at once. And repeatedly he's talking about their heart and loving God with all your heart and to have your heart's disposition in the right posture. Mm -hmm. And so... um, that would be where I would kind of lean towards is you want to follow God so you don't fall astray and you don't fall asleep at the wheel to yeah. kind of use another metaphor. So. I, I want to f- 
follow up on that question because I, I do think about you, Brian, mentioned the listener who feels guilty or just avoids this kind of thing. What about the listener who begins to do this spiritual checkup and goes, ah, my heart really, the, the disposition of my heart is just mm. wayward or rebellious or numb, you know, any, uh-huh. any category. What's a word for, um, for that listener in like, okay, well, here's a step you can take. Yeah. Um, I think in that case, it's a great time to spend some quiet in prayer and listening to God yeah. and also asking the Holy Spirit specifically to come in and just shine a bright light in those yeah. areas of your heart. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's possible, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying this is necessarily the case, but it's possible there may be some un, some areas of unrecognized or unconfessed sin yep. that you have to deal with yep. or some resentments and certain attitudes uh, I know for myself, uh, when it comes to money and giving, I'm really sensitive to that. And I go back and I realize there's certain things in my past that have affected the way I view money and the way I give. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be a cheerful giver, but I'll admit I struggle with that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, Carl Johnson from the C.S. Lewis Institute is joining us today to talk about lots of stuff, but including the annual spiritual checkup that the C.S. Lewis Institute Keep, uh, puts out uh, really a great document. And uh, where can people find it? Help them make sure we know where they can find it. You know, it's it's buried on our website in a way that's not super helpful mm-hmm. to find. Uh, we got a new website, and there's just 40 years of content. So we have to yeah. do it. The oh, easiest wow. way is if folks just email me, I'll send it to you. Love it's a that. PDF format. So my email is easy, but it's a, it's a mouthful. KJ at cslewisinstitute.org. That's all one word, cslewisinstitute.org. Awesome. Well, that's great. KJ's going to stay with us. Maybe we'll put it up at our Facebook page as well here sure. for the show. That'd be great. Uh, KJ's going to stay with us as we talk more about the C.S. Lewis Institute and their annual spiritual checkup next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. All right, KJ, I've, I've made jokes here before. I've started lots of C.S. Lewis books in my life. <laughs> uh, I have finished oh, yeah, this maybe is none. Or this is no, you know, you go. Uh, we went to Wheaton College, and you're supposed to read C.S. Lewis. And I, it, it says more about me than C.S. Lewis, okay? I think the club you're in is large <laughs> and <laughs> legion. So taking the fiction work out, right. Narnia and stuff like that, which is all fascinating, Somebody like me who's just been like, hey, okay, in 2023, I'm going to, I told Aubrey that I'm going to finish a C.S. Lewis book this year. Which one do you tell people to do? I know that's probably like choosing between your children, but you right. know, if you had to choose a nonfiction C.S. Lewis book for children. somebody to read, what would you tell them if to read? If they're a Christian, and maybe even if they're not a Christian, I'd say screw tape letters. Okay. I think that's oh, really yeah. easy, accessible, and every letter is short, and you could say, I'm going to read a letter a day, and mm-hmm. you could do that. I forget exactly how my letters are right now. Uh, I'm a bad director, but you could do that mm-hmm. in a month or so. Yep. It's easy, and it's going to hit you really yeah. well because the devil is crafty. And like a lot of pastors, I own most of these books. <laughs> I just haven't read them. Brian, <laughs> well, your shelf looks good. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite Brian Fromm lines, and you'll appreciate this, KJ, is he'll be like, I don't know who said it, so I'll just say it's C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't quote C.S. Lewis, are you really converted? Yes, it's exactly. a question that we often ask As ourselves. We, grads, we know the <laughs> yeah, answer we to know that the question. So. Uh, that reminds me, KJ, do you have a favorite? Or is it hard to say this it, is my it, favorite? Or? So this is my, my standard answer because, you know, um, there are certain books that you read in certain times of your life and they meant a lot for you. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah. Even now, if you'd go back and go, oh, it might have been a simple book or whatever. Miracles was an important book for mm-hmm. me. I've never at the read right Miracles. Time. Okay. Yeah. It, it just was at a time 
where I felt like my brain was coming alive. I've mm. always been a very lazy and intellect, uh, uh, lazy intellect or uh, bad student. Mm. Um, and I was the kind of, I never finished what I started. And yeah. that one somehow captured me at the right time. It was the right book at the right time, but mere mm. Christianity is always right up there. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we would encourage people, as much as we joke about it, read uh, read CSOs. You know, Aubrey worked at the, was it the Wade Center? At I the did college? work at the Wade Center. I don't mm-hmm. think I knew that. All C.S. Yeah, Lewis right, It was like my first job out of college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. Were you there with Lyle? Uh, no, I was there with Christopher Mitchell. Oh, I love Chris. I know that was ve- that was a very sad yeah. loss. Yeah. yeah, and Marge Mead and Heidi I love Trudy. Marge. I don't know Heidi, but it's, only, and, Marge. it's yeah. only been upward for Aubrey. She went from the C.S. Lewis <laughs> from uh, from uh, Wade Center to the, <laughs> to the Common Good. That prepared me for the Common Good. So KJ, we're talking about the C.S. Lewis put out a discipleship kind of um, <laughs> a checkup, if you will. Uh, the annual spiritual checkup yeah. that they call it. And I love that you guys split it between loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul and loving your neighbor. Like you didn't trick it out. You're like, mm-hmm. this is what Jesus said to yeah. do, right? This is what yep. uh, Jesus said to do. And underneath so the loving God with all of your heart, y- you guys listed, am I living in humility? Mm. Uh, yeah. The old running joke with uh, with all of us is once you think you've achieved this, you're no longer humble and you have to start <laughs> over. But how do you know if you're growing in humility? What's that even look like? Yeah, we have a, a senior fellow, uh, Bill Kynes, who says uh, he's going to write a book, Humility and How I Achieved It. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's good. Um, so repeat the question. And how do you know that you, humility seems yeah. like something hard to grasp? So how so, do I know if yeah. I'm growing in that? That's a, that's a great exa- uh, question because I, I look at it as like an onion. Mm. Uh, once you have dealt with a with a layer of of pride in your life, and you feel like oh that was good, there's another one beneath mm. it. it you're, you, uh, there are a number of things that have happened in my own life, mm. and some of them were actually pretty outright hubris. <laughs> and I remember almost it was almost a self prophecy. One night I'd made some comment to my wife, if God really wanted to, blah blah blah, and then the next day it happened, and it was <laughs> it was a major event in my life. Yeah. Wow. And, and so I thought I dealt with it. Then years later, other things come up. I'm like, I thought I dealt with this mm. this issue already. And it's like, no, you did. But there's the pride, the, the roots of pride run deep. Yeah. And, um, mm. you know, so we you know, made reference to the program we run uh, every month built around a biblical theme. And I use that physical metaphor of different muscle groups and different people come into our programs with different strengths and weaknesses. And yeah. I tell them, you may experience a month where you're actually more developed, so you won't find it challenging. Mm. But I, I tell them the one month that will always kick you in the gut, so to speak, is the month on humility because mm. we all need to do more work. Oh, it's not true. And, oh. the mo- and we talked about it off air. One of the most humble men I know, Dr. Jerry Root, mm-hmm. who I have teach on this he would deny that he's humble. That's there you go. Wow, which so, which makes sense, always right? Always be careful of the person who says they're humble. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Wow, that's that's a good Yeah, and Lewis says, you know, once you know, in the screw tape letters, once you start that someone does achieve humility, the way to get it is get them to re- recognize their humility so they can feel proud about <laughs> so it true. and, and then pat themselves on the back. And they're like starting oh, look from at me, scratch. I'm being humble. Right. That's right. Wow. Yeah, that's it's a good, insidious. Yep. That's a good checklist for all of us. Like am I do I think I'm humble enough? Then you probably haven't arrived. Okay, um I want to ask about another question uh, that you have on this spiritual checklist. Again, you can get the checklist right from KJ himself if you email him. Will you say your email one more time? Sure. KJ at CS Lewis Institute dot O R G. I remember Lewis is L E W I S. Yeah. Um the question number five is, is there evidence of grace growing in my life? How do you even begin to answer that oh, question? I, I'm so glad. That's the one I wanted to go to next. Oh, good. I'm so oh, glad good. you keyed in on it because, I mean, 
what we've already referenced social media. I mean, social media is a toxic mess. Mm -hmm. And I think we're actually growing backwards in this. Feels like Um, it, including me. And and Jay Oswald Sanders wrote, you know, as we grow more and more advanced in technology, uh, it seems that we are going backwards in maturity. And I think Mm -hmm. we can see that online every day. And I, I would just ask, what are the things that you oppose or, or the kinds of ideologies and how do you, the, the easiest way for me to measure it is how am I treating those people mm-hmm. who hold those positions? Yeah, that's So good. if I'm on one side of the political aisle, how am I interacting and viewing those on the other side of the yeah, political aisle? That's great. an easy one. Yeah. But then it gets more and more subtle in the church because I'm in the church sitting in the, the proverbial pew with people who have very different thoughts on, on, I don't know, pick a topic, immigration, abortion, marriage, mm-hmm. whatever. How am I treating and thinking of those people? Not even just the outward dealings, but the posture of my heart towards them. Do I look down on them? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm convicted by that one all the time. Yep. That's good. KJ, you, you guys, every time you're here, you talk discipleship. And yeah. um, that is the heartbeat of the C.S. Lewis Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we would all agree, probably our church is included, that discipleship is hard. Yeah. And it's not something we're necessarily doing well in the church. Yeah. Uh, if you could put your finger on that, like, why is that? And, and what's the answer? How do we get better at discipleship? Oh, if I had the answer, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd have a book, a series. Yeah, um, it's hard because... Um, well, I, so we had a, a, a mentor in our program who had been a pastor for 40 years, mm-hmm. and he made a comment that it's so hard. And I think we like to be hard on leaders. He said, it's so hard to be a leader today because followers are so fickle. <laughs> oh, so and true. just think about it as pastors, yeah. you know, that if you say some hard things, it's just so easy to punch out and go That's to right. the church down yeah. the street, yeah. you know, and, and Francis Chan famously made that comment. You know, if I had a, if I had a mega church and Jesus had one up the street, mine would be bigger. <laughs> Why? Because he wouldn't say enough hard things. Yeah. You know, um, so wow. organizations are clunky, yeah. hard things to run, and people want their ears tickled. But also, we have programs that don't always lend themselves to, you know, having real relationships with people. I think we're at a point now, too, especially in the d- digital age, that we have to carry on a certain persona or wear a face at church. Mm. And sometimes that's the last place we'll be honest. Yeah. And so you need other organizations like maybe our program or like the new Canaan society or fill in the blank with yeah. those other sorts yeah. of alternative forms yeah. where people go to get real like Samson society or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's challenges to try to create a space in the church where we can be real and have authentic mm. community where we're not going to judge one another. Mm. So that, that, if I figure that one out, I'll let you know. Please back. do come back on the show, please. Yes. Well, the <laughs> on how to do thing that. is that that's what people want. Like, I think people that are coming to church either not as Christians or as longtime Christians, they want that space to be authentic and feel belonged and or feel like they belong. And it's interesting that our own sin, I think, gets in the way of actually allowing yeah. that to happen. Well, yeah. And so let me lean on a little Dallas Willard. He talks about vision, right? Mm-hmm. Vision, intention. I mean, the VIM model. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I'll, I'll just kind of wave our own flag for a real quick second. I think sometimes uh, those other spaces become parallel institutions to the church. Yeah. And what I describe the Institute is we're not trying to be a parallel institution, but a buttress to the mm, church. And that. so when we do, whether it's our, our fellows program or just another one off sort of thing, our our mandate is we we're trying to expose people to the DNA of discipleship, but then go back into your church yeah. and do likewise. And we're here as a resource to help. So mm. one thing is if people are experiencing this. Don't camp out outside the church. Take what you're learning and go back. And, and, you know, don't think you've got the right answer and hit every pastor up with your your new idea, but maybe try to find ways to partner and let them know what you've learned and grown. 
Absolutely. Well, Carl, uh, KJ Johnson, we're thrilled that you joined us. Let me remind people to check out the annual spiritual checkup at the C.S. Lewis Institute. You can find it online at C.S. Lewis. Well, well, give us the website just for the institute itself. Sure. It's just www.cslewisinstitute.org. Yep. Yep. And how can people apply or be involved with the C.S. Lewis Institute? Right. So uh, we run this discipleship program. It's called the C.S. Lewis Fellows Program. That's right. It's a tuition-free program. Um, and just for the pastors out there listening, because I'm sure you got a lot, uh, pastors have to actually give their people a recommendation to be in the program, because cool. we see this as a okay. partnership with the church. Yeah. And they're supposed to go back and talk with their pastor about what they've learned uh, as one of their assignments. But um, we'll take applications here in a few weeks on our website. There'll be a button on the Chicago page that says download application, and we'll be taking them through the middle of April. Yeah, I'd encourage people to go check that out, because we've been talking about discipleship, and how do you go about doing that? And you'll probably get to finish a C.S. Lewis book, probably as you... <laughs> Before well, I, it's funny. We read a lot more than Lewis, I'm and I'll sure. just say, I did the program, and it changed my life. That's why I do this. Awesome. Oh, that's so, awesome. awesome. So yeah, go check awesome. that out at the C.S. Lewis Institute. KJ, we love having you on, man. Thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I think I've officially lost count now. There you go. There you go. You, you get the mug. You get the mug. You're listening to The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.